our last positional primer for the 2023 NFL Draft and a look into all of the Buffalo Bills' 30 visits is coming your way today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single show, I appreciate you very, very much. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. Well, folks, we're going to tie a ribbon on the positional primers for the 2023 NFL Draft today, focusing in on the safeties, and then we're going to dive into the remaining Buffalo Bills 30 visits. And what I mean by that are the pre-draft visitors, the prospects the Bills had into Buffalo for a visit. And so we've talked about most of them, but there's still a few that we haven't. And so I want to plug in the gaps today so that way we can be fully prepared for this week's NFL draft that's coming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, before we get there, though, a little bit of a programming note here. I'm going to do something a little extra. Tuesday, this Tuesday, April 25th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Locked On Bills YouTube channel. I'm going to do some live mock draft simulations. So come be part of it. We're going to use some different mock draft simulators that are out there on the Internet, and we're going to have some fun. We're going to go through some scenarios, talk through it. I'll answer some questions. The entire purpose is to do these mock drafts and kind of get you even further inside my brain as to how I'm perceiving this draft, but also just engage with you. I want to have some time where we just talk about what's coming. So please make some plans to join me on Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's April 25th on the Lockdown Bills YouTube channel. So if you're not subscribed to that, make sure that you are and then hit that bell and that'll give you the notification when we go live so you won't miss it. All right, let's talk about the safety position for the Buffalo Bills entering the 2023 NFL draft and then talk about the prospects. And really, the motivation for me to talk safeties is the Bills have had a handful of visitors in, three of them actually, that are safeties. And then there's one other player that I want to mention. So let's talk about the situation here. And the Bills obviously have Micah Hyde back coming off of the neck injury, and he's on the last year of his deal. Jordan Poyer's back. That's still fun to be reminded of, right? We thought he was gone. Nope, he's back. Two-year contract. It could very easily be a one-year deal, though. In addition to those two players, you have Taylor Rapp, a free agent signing from the Los Angeles Rams, who I think is an NFL starting caliber player. That's your third safety. Damar Hamlin, he's going to play football again. He's made that official that he's been cleared, and it's in his intent to come back and play. 
and obviously a player entering his third season that played a good amount of football for the Bills last year um, and provides quality depth. I think you still have Cam Lewis, who's back, who switched over to safety last year. And as the sixth guy, you have Zane Anderson, a uh, veteran special teamer type player that came over from the Chiefs that the Bills signed this offseason as well. And I got to be honest, I'm pretty satisfied with that. You got two outstanding starters, two quality backups, Cam Lewis and Zane Anderson. That's a pretty good looking depth chart, in my opinion. But the Bills are certainly doing some work on some of these safeties. And so, therefore, I want to talk about those players. So, we're going to talk about three pre draft visitors at safety. And then just one other safety that I had to bring up because I'm a big fan of his game. And part of what I've committed to you in terms of these positional previews and stacking the Buffalo Bills draft board, the Bills specific draft board that I'm creating is that it's going to be any player that I would personally draft in the first three rounds for the Buffalo Bills, in addition to all of the pre-draft visitors. And so we have one player that I would draft in the first three rounds, and then we've got three pre-draft visitors. So that player that's number one for me among safeties is Brian Branch out of Alabama. He is not a pre-draft visitor, but I think he's very clearly the best safety in this class. Have a late first, early second round grade on him, he comes in at 5'11 and 5'8, 190 pounds, 30 and three quarter inch arms. Not a great RAS score, 527. Very, very average. Watch this guy play football. He's awesome. He is instinctive. He's physical. He does a very good job of filling multiple roles for Alabama. He plays a lot in the slot. He also plays in some deep alignments, but he also plays kind of that Taron Johnson role where at times he's literally a linebacker. And so he's very much a do everything safety. That's highly instinctive. And I love this guy as a tackler, his trigger, his ability to play forward and make plays and play through contact and finish is outstanding. He can find the football. He's smart in coverage. I don't think you're going to want him in a lot of man looks where he's asked to carry receivers vertically, but obviously a very good zone player. I think he's the best safety in the class. I think he should go in the first round. And if he lasts beyond the first round, it shouldn't take too long for him to hear his name called on day two. So I think he's the best safety in the class. And I had to include him on this preview, but also on my bill specific board. Now, the next three players that I'm going to talk about are all players that the bills had in for a pre-draft visit. And that next player, my number two safety, is Quan Martin. Also, it goes by his given name, I think, is Jartavius. His nickname is Quan. So Quan Martin out of Illinois. Have a third-round grade on him. Uh, 5'11", 194 pounds, 31 in an eighth-inch arms, an RAS score, an outstanding on our RAS score of a 9-2-9. You watch Quan Martin play at Illinois, and uh, you'll see he plays a lot in the slot, very similar in some ways to Brian Branch, where there's some deeper alignments, but a lot of just true slot nickel play. And one thing that we know about the Bills and the safeties that they like is they do have that corner background, uh, which will be true for three of the four safeties we're about to talk about. Even Brian Branch uh, played some corner and practiced a lot at corner for Alabama. Quan Martin played quite a bit of uh, corner, slot corner for Illinois. And he is uh, really fun to watch. He's super dynamic in terms of athleticism. So his RAS score is very good, but it shows up on tape. Very springy, change of direction ability. 
can close distances in a hurry. He's very physical, super competitive. Another guy that likes to play through contact is a very, very good tackler. Uh, so you get those characteristics as well. Um, his ball skills can be hit or miss. There's times where he makes really good plays on the ball, and there's other times where I just feel like he can't find it or he missed times his break and um, gives up some completions. But I think he's a, a versatile player uh, that I like quite a bit. If the Bills didn't have Teron Johnson, I'd probably be a little more interested in Quan Martin. Um, but he's a good football player. I don't know what type of role he would fill for the Bills. Um, if they were to draft him kind of in the first few rounds, I, I think any role that you can imagine for him is pretty pretty much claimed. Uh, maybe it's getting ahead of losing Hyden Poyer, and um, you think about him as maybe a successor there. But good football player. I just don't see the immediate path for him with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the next guy is Marte Mapu. Or I guess it's Mapu, Sacramento State. I have a third, a late third, early fourth round grade on him. He's kind of like a linebacker, though. Look at his size here, 6'3", 221 pounds, 33 and a half inch arms. Uh, did not have any athletic testing due to injury, and he wasn't invited to the combine. Uh, so we don't have an RAS score on him. I imagine it would be very good. Uh, but for Sacramento State, he played so many different roles, deep alignments, true linebacker uh, in the slot. Um and I think he's probably an oversized safety in the NFL, but probably an outside linebacker in the NFL, maybe in a Matt Milano type role, more of an overhang defender, um, can use him out on the hashes and have a bigger body guy to help you have size and athleticism on the field, but also somebody that can give you a chance to play downhill a little bit. Um, good, versatile player. Uh, I guess if you're talking positionless defenders, you, you can – Get excited about Mapu and, and what he can do for a defense. Um, I think a little bit about what they did. When I say they, I mean Sean McDermott did in Carolina with Shaq Thompson initially, that type of role. Um, so a bit of a sleeper. He, again, wasn't a combine invite, but went to the senior bowl, and there was a lot of buzz about him. And, um, you know, he's had a really good pre-draft process. Um, and so I think he'll go – he might be the first non-combine guy drafted. Um, and for him in Buffalo, you think about just versatility and developmental upside in a variety of roles. And if the Bills are going to tap into more of a diverse scheme on defense and, and tap into more simulated pressures, you could see how uh, a player like this could find some use. The last safety that I'll talk about is Jordan Battle out of Alabama, another 30 visit for the Bills. Uh, I have a fourth, late fourth, early fifth round grade on him, 6'1", 209 pounds, 32-inch arms, uh, RAS score of a 5.9. He's okay. I don't know. I think he's kind of an ordinary player watching him on tape. I liked him more coming out of 2021 than I did coming out of 2022. Um, Physical, he tackles. I don't think he's got much range. I don't think he's super instinctive. Doesn't make a lot of game-changing plays on the ball. Uh, I think he's just an ordinary depth safety that'll help you on special teams, give you some physicality, can play in split zone alignments, but I don't think he's an overly dynamic football player. I think he's rosterable and really kind of fits that uh, fourth safety special teams type role um, for any team and, and, of course, for the Buffalo Bills. So we're talking safeties mostly because of the pre-draft visitors that the Bills have brought in, um, and there being three of them, and then me just wanting to talk about Brian Branch as well as my top guy at the position. And so uh, in the coming segments, we're going to uh, recap who the Bills have brought in for pre-draft visits and then talk about anybody they haven't discussed yet on the podcast. But before we get there, I need to tell you 
about BetterHelp, who is the sponsor of today's podcast. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. I was just talking actually with uh, my 18-year-old niece the other day about how differently I saw things at her age at 18 compared to 25 and even 30 years old. And therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. You can discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash on. All right, folks. I'm very excited to really kind of finish all the prospect evaluation component of getting ready for the NFL draft. And so the next two segments will focus on the offensive pre-draft visitors and the defensive pre-draft visitors. And then tomorrow for our everydayers, I'm going to give you that bill specific big board. I've been stacking this as we've talked about these players, I have grades. And so I'm really going to give you that, that, that board in order uh, of how I would, draft these players if I were Brandon Bean. And so that should be a good resource for you come draft day. So don't miss that. All right, let's talk about these offensive visitors. And so let's first talk about, well, why would you have pre-draft visitors? Well, every team gets a chance to bring in 30 players. And you can bring in those players for a variety of reasons. Maybe you're very interested in that player and you want to make sure they're everything you thought they were by bringing them in and getting them in your building and getting to know them even more. And it's legitimately you have interest in drafting them. Maybe you just have some missing pieces of the evaluation, something medical-wise, a red flag, something that needs to be fleshed out a little bit more before you really stack them on your board. So you just need more information. Maybe you're just throwing off the scent. You're bringing in players to throw it off, throw off the scent, right? Like literally bring in a player that you don't have much interest in drafting to make it look like you have interest in that player. So there's a number of reasons why you can have a player in for a 30 visit. And so it's hard to, to really nail down exactly why each player would come in, but I think there's something relevant about, relevant about each and every one of them. And so for the Bills offensively, we've talked about all but three of the pre-draft visitors. We've already covered interior offensive lineman Joe Tittman from Wisconsin, interior offensive lineman Osiris Torrance from Florida, offensive tackle Darnell Wright from Tennessee, two running backs, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, Kendra Miller from TCU, a couple of tight ends, Darnell Washington out of Georgia, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, and receivers Jordan Addison, USC, Zay Flowers, Boston College, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ohio State, and Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee. And so there's three more that I need to give you my mini scouting report on and talk about where I value them. Uh, so the Bills had in wide receiver Nathaniel Dell. His nickname is Tank, Tank Dell. I grade him in the late fourth round, early fifth round type range. He's 5'8 and 3'8, 165 pounds, so he's very small, 30 and a half inch arms, 
and he's not that dynamic in terms of athleticism. His RAS score comes in at a 5.82, very average. So small and average athleticism. I know he's got a lot of fans out there, and it's easy to look at some of those senior bowl highlights and, and like him. It's easy to look at his highlights and like him. But I think when you really kind of dig into the skill set and watch him on a snap-to-snap basis, you realize just how manufactured so much of his production was. I mean, everything's from the slot. A lot of it's got motion attached to it, and they hide him behind guys. Like, they'll motion him into a stacked alignment with a receiver on the line of scrimmage just so that he can get that release, right? Everything for him is taking advantage of space that is either manufactured by scheme or – well, really by scheme or by alignment, right, based on where he lines up. And so I think there's just so many limitations to him because of that size and that very modest athletic profile uh, that you can really get excited about the twitch and getting in and out of breaks and how much production he has. But uh, I I get concerned about the overall package here. I think he's more of a gadgety type player uh, that can be a wide receiver four or a five, uh, Isaiah McKenzie type player, but not necessarily somebody who I envision as a primary starting slot receiver in the NFL or a guy that really commands any type of volume. So uh, did a little punt returning this past year, which helps his value. He's a little bit older, 24 years old. Uh, he'll turn 24 years old in October. And so there's just enough. There's enough here that I'm concerned about for me not to overly value a guy like Tank Dell, although I, I do recognize some really intriguing highlight real plays that he'll make and really exciting routes that he'll run from time to time. But I think the overall package here um, leaves a lot of questions for me. Uh, the next guy is wide receiver, Justin Shorter out of Florida, a guy that I value kind of in that sixth, seventh round range, um, six foot four and uh, in two eighths, 229 pounds, 33 and three quarter inch arms, RAS score of a seven, nine, four. Uh, Justin Shorter, very modest production coming out of Florida. Their quarterback play has been very erratic in recent years, which obviously hasn't helped. Um, he really just offers a lot of size, right? Like I mentioned, 6'4", 230, big old dude, almost 34-inch almost arms, and he's got a lot of downfield production. And so you, you look at him and you see that ability to get down the field, win with size and ball skills at the catch point. Uh, fairly explosive for a bigger-bodied guy. He blocks well. He plays physically. He can help you on special teams. And so when you're thinking about that depth receiver, bottom of the depth chart, wide receiver five, wide receiver six, um, I think he gives you some appeal in that type of role. You think about what Jake Kummerl provided for the Bills in recent years where uh, a lot of blocking, a lot of special teams, and then just occasionally that ability to get down the field and you can target him. So um, a nice bottom of the depth chart type player, not an overly valuable skill set. You're not going to love the route running. You're not going to love the yards after catch. Uh, he's not a do-everything player, um, and so that's fine, right? right? You're not, you don't, everyone's not Stefan Diggs, right? You need depth players that can fill roles, and I can imagine roles for a guy like Justin Shorter. It's just not overly valuable, and I really don't think about him until the middle to late day three portion of the draft. The last player that uh, the Bills brought in for a pre-draft visit that we haven't talked about until this moment is Luke Schoonmaker, tight end out of Michigan. Have him graded in the late third round, early fourth round range. Six foot five, 251 pounds, 32 and seven eighth inch arms, RAS score of a 986. A shoemaker really emerged this past season for Michigan. Uh, they had some injuries at the position and he really stepped up uh, and showed baseline skills o- across the board, whether it's route running, 
hands, ball skills, blocking, versatility. He really just kind of checks a lot of boxes. I think he's like a souped-up version of Tommy Sweeney, and I mean that in the best possible way. I th- with Tommy Sweeney, I thought he was just very average across the board, but like nothing overly dynamic about him. I think you got a, like a more dynamic player here that can sort of do everything for you. And if the Bills wanted to go with the more modest investment, third, fourth round with for a tight end that I think can really upgrade or challenge at least Quentin Morris and allow the Bills to maybe be more versatile with their tight ends. I like what Shoemaker gives you. I think he's got some route running ability that's pretty intriguing to me, and there's some athleticism to go with that size that makes him appealing, and he's really an aggressive blocker as well. So I think he's got the ability to be a a quality tight end too, maybe a low-level starter in time. Uh, really like the trajectory of the player. Had a really good year at Michigan. And uh, obviously, size, athleticism, baseline skills, there's enough there to be intrigued with him. So there you have it, all the offensive players that the Bills brought in for a pre-draft visit. In just a moment, we're diving into the defensive side of the football. All right, so let's get into those defensive players that the Bills brought in for a pre-draft visit. We've already covered uh, a good amount of them. We talked about Edge Will McDonald. Uh, from Iowa State, a couple of defensive tackles, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, Gervin Dexter from Florida, and then we just talked about the safeties, Quan Martin, Illinois, Marte Mapu, Sacramento State, Jordan Battle from Alabama. And so there's four more players for us to discuss that the Bills brought in for a pre-draft visit. Let's start with edge rusher Byron Young, Tennessee, have a late third round, early fourth round grade on him. He's 6'2 and 3'8, 250 pounds, 32 and a half inch arms, an RAS score of a 922. A super good story here. Um, came out of high school, uh, went to community college, was kind of overlooked. The season was canceled where he was playing Juco. He was like uh, working in retail management and um, put out some, some, practice clips and they went viral and he started getting offers from all these sec schools. And, um, I think Tennessee was the first one and he went there and, uh, had a really nice run with the volunteers and got better every season and, uh, has some intriguing skills. I mean, he's really, really explosive off the ball. He's very, very flexible. I mean, he can really bend uh, at his hips and bend at his ankles to turn tight quarters. I mean, he's really, really flexible. And so if the bills were looking for that bursty bendy guy, in the middle rounds, I mean, Byron Young can can absolutely play. And um, he he was moved around quite a bit for Tennessee in terms of giving him different alignments and angles to attack the pocket and found some success. I mean, there's, there's some intriguing ability here. I mean, he is a bit raw. Uh, he's a little bit older. He's 25 years old already. So you're certainly mindful of that. But um, he comes in with a really nice toolbox to work with. Um, I don't think he's going to be a great run defender, right? I think he might be a designated pass rush type guy, long and late down specialist. Um, But there's something about this guy. I had a chance to meet him. His story is incredible. And um, somebody that you really have no questions about coming in and being a worker, somebody who's going to like football is important to him. You can tell that by, by interacting with him. And so there's a lot to like here. He helps you in the most important ways, which is right. Rushing the passer. Not sure he's an every-down player or a guy that's going to command a, to- a ton of volume of snaps, but what he does is really effective and really valuable. Uh, the next guy, defensive tackle Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. Have a late fourth, early fifth-round grade on him. He's six foot three and seven eighths, 291 pounds, 34 and 3 eighth inch arms, so really good length, 
and a really good RAS score of a 923. I'll tell you what, Zach Pickens is a player I've been dialed into for a number of years, and he just underwhelms me. He came to South Carolina uh, with a very high recruiting pedigree, right? Like the next Jadavion Clowney type player is what he was supposed to be for South Carolina, and then that just never happened. You just watch him play, and he's just so ordinary to me. I don't see, I don't see any dynamic ability show up on the field with any level of consistency. Um, just very, he's a jag, uh, just a guy. Um, for years, I've been we we're just kind of waiting for him to break out and really uh, fulfill the promise of his recruiting pedigree, but also the physical upside that he came with, and it just never really happened. And so maybe it will in the NFL. I probably let somebody else figure that out. Um, he just has never moved the needle for me, despite uh, appealing traits. He just doesn't make doesn't make a lot of plays and doesn't make a lot of impact. Uh, so he'd be uh, somebody that I would think about middle of day three, but not overly excited about. The next player is another guy I don't love. Uh, the Bills had him for a, a pre-draft visit. Defense, defensive tackle Jacqueline Roy from LSU uh, have a late day three grade on him, sixth, seventh round type range. He's six foot three and three eighths, 305 pounds, 32 and three quarter inch arms, an absolutely awful RAS score of a 3.72. And you could see that on tape. There's nothing about his movement skills that are appealing. I mean, no lateral range, no ability to fire off the ball with any level of explosiveness. Um, I think he's got a soft anchor. He might be okay against single blocks, but double teams just root him out. Um, I think he's a maybe rosterable fourth defensive tackle, probably more a a practice squad type player. I'm not a big fan here. He wouldn't move the needle at all for me as a um, mid to late day three pick. So hoping the Bills stay away from him. And the last guy that I'll mention is a really good football player. I just would be really surprised that the Bills drafted him. Uh, but they brought him in for a pre-draft visit, and that is cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland, who I think is probably a first-round talent. He'll probably get drafted in the first round. He's six foot, 197 pounds, 31 and three-eighth inch arms, and a perfect RAS score of a 10. Watch him play. He's good. He's got quick feet, fluid hips, pretty instinctive in coverage in terms of his mirror and match skills. I think he's good in zone as well in terms of how he can space the field, squeeze routes, uh, Stay disciplined. He tackles. He's got good size. Super physical. He might be the best tackling corner in this class. Well, you know, Devin Witherspoon probably has something to say about that, but he's up there on the list. Uh, Deontay Banks. If the Bills needed a cornerback, I'd be all about him as the pick at number 27. Uh, but I don't see the need at corner. I really don't. I mean, Trey White, Kyrie Elam, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, those guys are all here. Um, and so with those guys in the mix, you know, I, I don't know that Deontay Banks is, is a player that. Uh, makes a lot of sense unless you were planning on moving on from some of those players very quickly, um, which I don't think is the case. Um, and so, look, I, I think he's, like I said, probably going to go in the first round. Um, and maybe the Bills are just do, doing due diligence here. And maybe it's a situation where if he's on the board, it's like legitimate best player available and you throw need to the wind and you draft them. And if the Bills did that, I'd have to just put my palms in the air and say, well, he might have really been the best player on the board, and you're just trying to collect talent and get value. Like That's part of the game, too. It's not just needs and filling needs. It's about how you are aware of the class and, and understand the value of players, not just within the class, but with what they do in the NFL, and you're just trying to collect good, good talent at, at meaningful positions. And so the Bills picked him in the first round. I mean, it would be good value. I just don't know that he fits a need. So there's kind of that 
tug and pull there in, in terms of processing it, but he's a really good football player that the Bills had in for a pre-draft visit. So there you have it, the safeties, the offensive 30 visits, the defensive 30 visits. Folks, the hay is in the barn. We've watched all the tape that we're going to before the 2023 NFL draft. And so tomorrow we are going to deliver that final Buffalo Bills big board in order. We'll talk about the talent cliffs and the tiers and you know how it stacks vertically and horizontally. That's a big part of that discussion as well. So make sure you come on back for that. And then Tuesday night, April 25th, I'm going to be live on YouTube, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We're doing live mock draft simulations, uh, which will be really fun. But I also just want to engage with you guys and your questions uh, as we're all thinking about this NFL draft coming on Thursday. So come on by, hang out for a little bit, and have some fun. That's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.